A few weeks ago, I saw a t-shirt that made me chuckle. Uh, wasn't the t-shirt, it's actually what the t-shirt said on the front. That thought uh, it's quite interesting. It said this, I like coffee and maybe three people. Come on, that's funny. Especially if you get to choose which three people. Right? I mean, I identify with that immediately, especially the coffee part. Uh, you might want to go back to last week's message and you'll, you'll hear my little rant on, or at least a couple weeks ago, uh, hear my rant on coffee. Uh, I love coffee. I think, I think that's a, it's a blessing from, from God to us peoples. Uh, but, but, the, but the people part, I think there are days, I think you've had days like this, to be honest, where you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, the people part. Man, three, three. If I can choose the three right today. Because the reality is the reason we think that's funny, or at least I think it's funny, is that people are complicated. Relationships are complicated. It's messy. It's layered. We know this. We say this. Um, I've heard people say things like, you know, life would be really easy if it weren't for the people. I don't know about that, but I can tell you this, without the people, you don't have much life. I've heard people say things like, marriage would be so simple if it wasn't for my spouse, my husband, my wife. Parenting would be a piece of cake if it wasn't for the kids. Right? Business would be a, just a breeze if it wasn't for customers. Friendships would be so simple if it wasn't for friends. I've heard pastors say this, interestingly enough, ministry would be so easy if it wasn't for the people. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear that kind of stuff and I understand the rhetoric. But reality is you take people out of all of that and you don't have much of that left. And it really doesn't mean all that much. People are complicated. And when we talk about a complicated life, there's a lot of that complication that's brought about by the relationships. That is reality. And to be quite honest, we ourselves, yes, you, even bring a certain amount of complexity to the lives of those around you. But what if, what if people actually helped make things simple? What if? When you considered the people around you that you're connected to and who are connected to you, the people you love and the people who love you, what if somehow life got a little bit more, not easier, but more simple when we considered the people around us and we lived with a people awareness? Because in this series, Simplify, this is what we've been trying to help you do anyway, simplify life, because life is complex. It's so complicated. And we're doing everything we can to help us learn that what we need is less of just more of whatever. We talked about this in week one, but what we need is more of what's best. And what we've been doing is talking about certain filters that you can put in place in your life that doesn't necessarily make life super easy, but it will simplify things in such a way that when you put everything in your life through these certain filters, what you end up with is what's best. Last week, we talked about the first filter, a Jesus filter, 
When you ask this question and every part of your life runs through this filter, things get more simple. What does following Jesus ask of me in this area, in that area, when it comes to this complicated decision, this complicated job situation, this complicated financial situation, this complicated relationship situation, this problem, whatever it is, you run everything through that filter and and you're going to end up with what is best for you to do, how it is best for you to live. And today, as we've already told you, we're going to introduce you to a second filter that will help you simplify life just as well. It is a people filter. People filter. Yeah, there is a way by which to look at the people around you and actually simplify your complicated life. And so you have a Jesus filter and what we're going to talk about today, a people filter. Now, people are the context of life. Life is relational, even if you're not a people person. Isn't it interesting how we've qualified ourselves like that? And maybe you can call yourself that, and I've heard people talk about that. Hey, you just need to know I'm a real people person. Okay, good. But when you hear people say, well, I'm not much of a people person, they're usually telling people that. I don't know how to respond when people tell me, you know, I'm not much of a people person. Okay, I'll just back away now. Even if you're not a people person, life is relational. It's the context of all of life. Life starts with people. Your life begins with people. If you don't believe me, just try to get here without them. Life begins with people, and if your life ends the way you probably want your life to end, it ends with and around people. That's why we have this phrase that we use. At the end of our lives, when you know someone is in their final moments, doctors and caretakers send out this message, and they tell us, and maybe some of you have heard this in the not-too-distant past, it sends chills when it happens to you. It's a surreal, heavy thing to feel when a doctor or a nurse or a caretaker looks at you in regards to a loved one and says, it's time to call in the family. Interesting, they never say, it's time to gather all their things. No, it's time to gather people because life begins with people. And if life ends the way we want life to end, it will end around people. And there is a way to look at people to help simplify your complicated life. It's what life is about. And God told us this. God actually showed us this. When you go back to the beginning, when you go back to when God created the universe and God put people on planet Earth, the way this is described on and how this all came about is in such a way to help us understand that we were created for each other. We were created to be connected. In fact, let me take you back to the creation account. However you want to understand this, when you and I read about how God created the earth and he got to the people part of creation, there was something that happened that helped us understand how important this people thing really is. Let's go back to this moment when the Lord God said, after he's looking at the man, Adam, he says, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. It is not good for man to be alone. Looked at Adam, Adam was alone. It's not good, something not finished quite yet. 
He needs a helper. He needs somebody to connect with. He needs somebody to do life with. He needs someone to share this life with. Now, we, we often refer to this passage when we're talking about marriage. And there's nothing wrong with that because it certainly has an application to marriage, but it's bigger than marriage. In fact, I would say that its initial application is not just marriage. It's relationships in general. It's connection in general. And this is how we know that. This is how we know this, because of the very next thing that happened. Because when God said this, when God says, it's, it's not good for man to be alone, I will make a helper suitable for him, the very next thing that happened is that God brought all the animals to Adam. Surely God knew that that wasn't going to be, that's not how marriage works. So God, that wasn't the point God was making right then. He brought all the animals to Adam, and Adam named all the animals. But then God said, no suitable helper was found among all the animals, not even man's best friend, Bark Bark, was suitable enough. Interesting. And then God created Eve. Oh. And then God made woman and brought woman to man. And Adam's like, now that's what we're talking about. Yeah, that, that's different. And that wasn't just because... She was a woman, not just because she was pretty, uh, beautiful to look at, but Adam recognized something that, okay, there's another human being. There's someone like me, someone that, this is different. This is different than the animals. This is different because Adam said, she is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Now, obviously, the animals have bones. Animals have flesh. That wasn't the point. The point was that, oh, there's, there's someone like me. Now we're talking. Now we're cooking. Now this is the way we can do life because this is someone that I can relate to. We were created for each other. I was reading a book not too long ago that I found very interesting, a, a certain part of this book. Uh, it was written by a former pastor and now a speaker and an author, kind of a controversial guy, but it uh, doesn't mean... You know, and I read all kinds of stuff. And so this guy, uh, by the name of Rob Bell, he wrote a book named Everything is Spiritual. Really interesting book. And in this book, I found, I found this part to be quite compelling. He said, we were created to be bonded to each other. Connection is the engine of creation. That's awesome. I read this part. I was like, man, Rob's on to something here. Connection is the engine of creation. And he goes on to talk about how particles, smallest form that we have identified in the universe, particles, bond together to create atoms. Remember studying this in physical science? And atoms bond together to make molecules. And molecules bond together to form cells. And cells, isn't it amazing how God made all this? Cells bond together to form our human bodies. And our bodies bond together to form families. And families come together and bond together to form communities. Connection. That's how it all works. And then he goes on. He says, you can't live out the purposes of creation without considering the bond we have with other people. Without it, it doesn't make sense. So true, so very true. I want you to be thinking about this people filter 
a connection with people in such a way that it simplifies life because we're not done yet. This is not just physical. This is not just relational. As we are getting ready to see, it is spiritual. Because one day when Jesus was asked, when he was on earth, how to summarize the Old Testament law, how to summarize the Mosaic law, how to summarize everything that God asked of people before Jesus got there, he summarized it like this. When Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So love God with everything you got. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, you can summarize the whole thing by this focus. And if you focus on these two things, you won't have any issue at all doing whatever God asks you to do. Love God, love people. What's interesting here is that what Jesus did is he elevated our connection to other people to the same level with our connection to God. He said a second, loving people, is the same, is, the e- is equal to it. It's not just love God, it's love God and love people. And he put those on the same playing field. It's like a God filter, we talked about that last week, and now a people filter. And both of them are equally important. And I know that may sound a little far-fetched, but let me take it a little bit further. When Jesus, the night before he was crucified, was having a conversation with his closest followers, we talked a little bit about this in the last couple of weeks too, but there was this one part of the conversation where Jesus kind of clarified, not kind of, he certainly clarified for his closest followers how the defining characteristic could be discovered for what it looked like for someone who truly, truly was serious about following Jesus. And this is what Jesus said. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Notice what Jesus did not say. But had Jesus said this, we would all have been like, hmm, that makes sense. I would have expected him to say this. If Jesus would have said, this is how everybody's going to know you are my disciples. Hey, fellas, uh, Peter, James, John, Thomas, Matthew, all you guys, this is how the whole world is going to know that you're connected to me and that I'm connected to you. When they see how much you love me. Now, wouldn't that have made sense? When Jesus said, they're going to know you're serious about following me when the world sees how much you love me. But that's not what he said. He said, you know how the world's going to know you're serious about following me? It's when the world sees how you love each other. Again, Jesus took following him, love for him, love for God, and on the same playing field, he put loving other people and saying, this is how they're going to know you're serious about this. Later on, at the end of his life, John was writing to a, a group of Christians in the city of Ephesus, and he said it like this, just nails the point home even further. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Interesting. 
I, I meet people all the time to say, hey, now listen, Pastor, I just want you to understand. They come sit down in my office. We have a conversation in the lobby or somewhere, and they say, you need to understand. The most important thing is me and God are good. Me and God are good. But I cannot stand her. Me and God are good. But he and I, mm-mm. I just keep my distance. Me and God are good. Thank the Lord. I'm good with the man upstairs, but don't even bring up their name in my presence, okay? That's not going to go well. We don't get along. We just avoid each other. I'm good with God. No, 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 no. What? John writes, led by the Holy Spirit, he writes, that you're lying. You've been deceived. You are deceiving yourself. You cannot be good with God if you won't be good with each other. It don't work like that. And so once again, you've got this thing about you want to simplify life? Well, simplifying life is all about just knowing what God wants me to do. Boy, that's very important. We talked about that last week. It does simplify life. But there is a second filter. There is a people filter. You've got to pay attention to this, the people side of things, If you want to honor the God side of things, there is a Jesus filter and there is a people filter and they are connected. You know why they're connected? You know why they're connected? Because God himself connected them. So they are connected. Isn't that fascinating? Convicting. Simply put, people are the context of life. This life that God has given us to live in honor of him, we live it. Amongst people, it is relational. And so just like there was a question that we discovered last week that helps us apply the Jesus filter, here's a question. Simple, really intuitive. What does this, how does this, rather, affect the people in my life? This is a filter. Whatever complicated, complex situation you are finding yourself in, we want to simplify things. You know how you simplify things? You put a Jesus filter on this. You know how you simplify things? You add a people filter. And we're, we're narrowing things down so that you end up with the best thing to do, the best way to live. How does this affect the people in my life? You might be thinking, well, what about me? What about me? How does it affect me? How does it affect me? Oh, you do that automatically. You do that without a filter. You do that by default. I'm not worried about you. I'm not worried about me. We will take care of ourselves. That is our human nature. What you have to do is put a filter in your life to help you think, first and foremost, about your heavenly father, a Jesus filter. And then secondly, what about the people in my life? Maybe we should say, how does this affect the people in my life really? Like, really? Because we, we often deceive ourselves on this. We, we just often self-talk ourselves into thinking they're going to be fine. We assume, oh, yeah, 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 they're fine. They're fine. The people in my life are fine. They'll be just fine. The kids are tough. They're resilient. They'll be fine. The kids are fine. I'm not worried about my kids. They'll be fine. I'm just trying to figure out what to do here. I'm not worried about the kids. Kids are fine. I'm not worried, I'm not worried about my husband. He'll be fine. He's clueless anyway. He don't know what's going on. I'm not worried about my wife. You know, she'll get over it. She gets all upset, a little dramatic, and then she settles down eventually, and life is good again. She'll be fine. I'm not worried about my coworkers. I mean, it's a dog-eat-dog world out there, and it's just the way it is, and it's tough, and everybody eventually will adjust and get over it. It'll all be fine. Don't assume. Don't assume that everybody's fine. 
We have a blind spot here. You'd think this would be given, right? You'd think this would be an automatic thing for us who were created for each other, created to be connected to one another, to constantly be processing the world around us as it relates to how it affects each other. But we don't. I don't, you don't. We get in our, in our blind spots and we live in such a way that we pursue more and stuff and self and we lose sight of people. We lose sight of each other. We lose sight of how it affects those around us. How does this affect people in my life? Let's take this a little bit further. You have a complicated decision you need to make that you're trying to make right now that you really wish this decision, you just wish somebody would simplify it for you? Fantastic. Let's do this. Go back to week one last week. There's a Jesus filter you need to apply to this. What does following Jesus ask of me with this decision? That'll help you know what decision you need to make. But let's take it a step further. The people filter. How does this affect the people in my life? If I do this, how does it affect them? If I do this, how does it affect them? It's not just about what you think. It's not just about what you want. You got to consider the people in your life. If, if, if we go this way, if, we, if I go that way, if we do this in our marriage, if we do that in our marriage, if we get a divorce, if we stay together, how does this affect the people in my life? If I say yes, if I say no, how does this affect the people in my life? What about a job, your career? Is it, is it complicated right now? You're not quite sure what to do? If you say yes to this position, if, if you say yes to this promotion, if you say yes to traveling more, if you say yes to staying at home more, how does this affect the people in my life? Maybe they don't want you home. That's another issue. Right? If, if, if you take this raise, if you turn it down, if you take what comes with this new expectation, if you go into business for yourself, if you change jobs, you fill in the blank. I don't know what your difficult job situation is, but I bet for some of you, maybe for a lot of you, it's very complex and you really would like to simplify things. Run it through this filter. It'll help you because you must consider how your decisions and how you do job and career affects those around you. Oh, it's just for a season. I know it's, I know it's not sustainable. I know it's crazy right now, but my family knows it's just for a season. But how long have you been saying that? Maybe it's a money thing. What purchase expense that you're staring at that is so complicated and you want to simplify it, well, ask yourself, how does this purchase, how does this expense affect those in my life? If I sign on the dotted line, if I go into debt this, this much, if I take on these payments, if I invest into this instead of that, if I decide to spend this on me or spend this on that, how does this affect the people in my life? It's a people filter. Maybe there's certain commitments that you are being asked to make or certain commitments that you have made or you're about to make. And if I make this commitment or look at your calendar, pull out your schedule and look at it and go, okay, how does my schedule affect the people in my life? Just like last week, we looked at our schedules and we said, what does following Jesus ask of me? Because a lot of times we don't, we, we don't leave any space or any margin to follow Jesus. We've packed it all full of doing this and doing that and whatever we want. Same applies to the people in your life. Look at your schedule. Oh, it's just a busy time. It's just a busy time. Well, how long are you going to keep saying that? How long have you said that? You look at your schedule, and it's complicated. You know what will simplify it? 
is to start looking at how it affects those you love and those who love you. Maybe you got some habits in your life, and they're not a problem for you. That's why it's a habit. You ever thought about that, right? Our habits are not problems for us, really, because that's why they have become habits. It's something we've adapted to. It's something we've made a part of our life. Now, it may not be healthy for us, but we've learned how to work with it and live with it. And we, we personally embrace it. We don't have a problem with it. It just seems like everybody else I'm living with. Well, think about it. Look, think about your habits. Maybe your hobbies. Maybe these things have become addictions. I know not for you, but for other people. How do these things affect other people in my life? I, I know it's complex, but this will help simplify these things. Are you, do you have an opportunity that you're looking at? Maybe you have a problem that you are facing. How does this problem affect other people? Let's talk about your response. What's your go-to response? When your life gets really hectic and things get really crazy and, and you're interacting with a very complicated situation, do you kind of cave in and turn in and go into a hole and, and shut everybody out? How does that affect everybody around you? How does that affect those in your life? Do you lash out? Do you go to the other extreme and you just blow up on people and spew all over everybody? Well, I'm just an expressive person. Okay, well, how, how's everybody doing with that? You, you see, here's the deal. You and I were created by God to do life together. And how we do life together is directly in relationship to how we're going to be doing life with God. God said those are connected. You can't expect to be good with God and not good with each other. So you can't say, well, me and God are good. Me and, well, okay. Well, then let's do well together. You talk about simplifying things. What does following Jesus ask of me? Then how does this affect the people in my life? You, you might want to take a picture of this next slide. It, this is huge. People in your life give meaning to your life and are all that's going to make it to the next life. People in your life give meaning to your life. You do what you do, the reason you do it, ultimately, if you're doing it for the right reasons, for the people in your life, right? Even the most mundane tasks, your to-do list, you know, washing dishes, doing laundry, mowing the grass. The reason ultimately you do so many of the tasks we do is because somehow they're connected to people in our lives. It gives meaning to life and people are the only thing that's going to last and make it to the next. Everybody lives forever somewhere. People are eternal. In your job, your career, if someone hasn't told you this, you need to know this, is temporary. It is temporary for you, and you are temporary in it. But the people that your job affects, they're forever. Your money, your finances, temporary. But the decisions you make about that that affects people, those people are eternal. Your schedule, temporary. Eventually, you're going to have nothing to do. Eventually. But the people in your life affected by your schedule, eternal. Hey, all of your problems, all of your problems, this is good news, are temporary. But how you handle your problems and how it affects those around you as you handle your problems, see, that's, that's eternal. People are eternal. They give meaning to life and they last forever. This is why people problems are worth working through. 
That's why you don't give up. That's why you don't quit. Because some of you are right now on the edge of quitting. You're on the edge of quitting. Maybe you've already decided it and you're trying to figure out how to, to break it to whomever in your life. You're, you're about ready to quit on your marriage. You, you quit on this parenting thing. Even though you'll always have kids, you're about ready to check out as a dad, check out as a mom if you haven't done it already. You're quitting on this friendship. You're quitting on this relationship. You're quitting on your job again, moving on to something next called this one got tough. And every time it gets tough, you just on, on to the next one, on to the next one. This is why you don't quit. This is, this is why you work through people problems because people are eternal it's just why the most important thing you do in your life is not just something you do, but someone you're with. The most important thing you'll do in your life is not just something you'll do, it's someone you're with. Again, fast forward to the end of your life. We know this is true because in your final moments, when everything in your life is coming to a focal point. You're not going to say, bring me my things. I want to hold that trophy one last time. Can you bring me the latest report on my portfolio? I just want to run through my investments. You're not going to do it. You're not going to say, hey, can you bring me my resume once more? I just want to make sure it's updated. No, you're not going to want to hold stuff. You're going to say, bring me my people because you're going to want to hold a hand. Right? Right. The most important thing in life you do. It's not just something you do. It's someone you're with. And this is why, hey, church, some of church, listen, this is why all of our next steps are about people. They are. You know why we care about baptism so much? Because it's celebrating people deciding to trust and follow Jesus. That's why we make a big deal about this. It's about celebrating people. You know why we serve around here? It's about meeting needs of people and putting other people first because Jesus did and we follow Jesus. So that's why serving is so big. Do you know why groups are so important here at the summit? Because we were created to follow Jesus together. Nobody was meant to do this life alone. Do you know why we encourage people to give and honor God financially? Because people matter. Because people far from God need to know that God loves them. And, and that takes resources. And we will do everything we can to reach as many people we can as fast as we can. Do you know why we invite people? Because Jesus welcomed everybody. So it just makes sense for us to invite people and everybody ought to know. Everybody, every people ought to know what you people know. Everybody ought to know the love of Jesus. Everything, everything's connected to people. So this people filter, this people filter of how does this affect the people in my life is huge. Now, I don't know how your life is complicated right now, but I do believe with all my heart that if you spend some time Meditating, wrestling with, pondering, however you want to understand that. This question, it may not make things easy all of a sudden. In fact, often doing the right thing and the best thing is the hard thing to do. But I tell you what it will do. It will simplify your next steps. And you will never go wrong. You will never go wrong honoring people. Because you know what Jesus taught us is that when you honor people, you honor him. Because you can't say you love God if you don't love them. 
And when Jesus said, hey, if you really want to get serious about following me, if you really want to let the world know you're serious about following me, then you love each other. And I'm good. So guys, this Jesus filter is a big deal. This people filter is a big deal. And next week, we'll give you the third and final filter to help simplify and bring all of this into a focal point. But today and this week, take this with you. How does this affect people? Whatever it is, all of it. How does this affect the people in my life? Let me pray for you. Our Heavenly Father, we openly admit that our lives are complicated. And often, people and relationships seem to add to that complication, but we can, we can turn that around and see each other as a simplifying focal point. That when you created us, you created us for each other to do life together. The context of life is people. The context of your mission is people. It's why you came and gave your life on a cross to die for the sins of the world is because that involved us, people. You did this for your love for people. People is at the center of your mission. And so, Father, they, they need to be a big part of our lives. That's true for extroverts and introverts. For those that are people people and those that are not big people people. May we all consider one another, especially those that we dearly love and those who dearly love us. Help us to understand we cannot be good with you if we will not be good with each other. So may we take those next steps, whatever they may be. And as we face complicated situations, help us to find a simple way forward by considering the people filter. And we ask this in your name. Amen.